So we're looking at Psalm 121, which is found in the Church Bible 622. Let's say God's word together. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He who watch over your life, the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Anthony, thanks uh, very much for reading. My uh, wife and I have uh, just been trying to plan a skiing holiday this week, and uh, I have been reminded of how good it is to be skiing. I love uh, being in the magnificent French Alps, which is uh, where we go when we go skiing, enjoy, enjoying that incredible experience of zooming down a mountain. I, you know, I say zooming, I don't go that fast, but uh, it feels fast to me. The icy breeze in my face, it, it, and uh, to what, in, in my mind, is some of the most spectacular scenery this wonderful creation has to offer. But while I can't wait to be enjoying that exhilarating experience on the slopes again, I can't say I'm looking forward to the journey. You see, we're, we're always on a budget when we go skiing, uh, so we travel by car, and the journey seems to take forever. But on top of it being a long journey, it's also a, a hazardous journey. Tiredness is uh, an obvious problem. It's a long drive to the Alps, and uh, we often drive through the night, and I'm uh, always worried that I'm going to fall asleep. Another hazard as we near the end of the journey is snow. Now, of course, we want to see lots of snow on the mountains, uh, but as we get to the end of our destination and we ascend the mountain in our car, snow on the steep roads makes getting to the resort treacherous. Uh, One way or another, I really don't look forward to the journey, but it's worth it because of what it leads to. Now, that is often how I feel about the Christian life. I am really looking forward to the final destination to finally being with the Lord in the glorious new creation. But between now and then, the journey is full of hazards. Life is tough. There are any number of very real dangers that could cause me to stumble and fall. And so as I look ahead, I sometimes wonder if I'll make it, if I'll keep going in the Christian life. Whether it's buckling under the pressure of ridicule from unbelievers around me, or giving in to the temptations of money, sex and power, or just succumbing to the spiritual equivalent of you know, falling asleep at the wheel, you know, sort of gradually drifting until I'm not going on as a Christian. Sadly, down through the years, I've seen many people who begun the Christian life with great enthusiasm, but then have given up before the end. The journey to the promised new creation, it seems, is full of hazards. Now that is the issue in Psalm 121 that we have before us this afternoon. This week we'll look at Psalm 121 and next week, if you'll have me back, Psalm 122. And these two Psalms are encouraged to, uh, are here to encourage us to keep going. As we turn to these Psalms, we're in a section of 15 Psalms called the Songs of Ascents. You'll see that that title is at the head of every psalm from 120 to 134. The songs of ascents were songs that pilgrims would have sung as they 
uh, ascended the mountainous terrain on their way to Jerusalem. Now, of course, that raises a question. What do the songs of ascents have to say to us today as Christians? After all, we're not on a, a pilgrimage to earthly Jerusalem. That is not to say that you shouldn't go to Jerusalem. I've been there twice for conferences, and I found it fascinating to look around. But we're not like Muslims who have to take a hajj to Mecca as one of the pillars of their religion. We're not commanded, expected, or even encouraged to go to earthly Jerusalem. Many Christians will never go there. So what relevance to these psalms sung hundreds of years ago by pilgrims making their way up to Jerusalem? What relevance do they have for us today? Well, to answer that question, before we dive into Psalm 121, come with me to Hebrews 12, and the first of those two readings that uh, Anthony read for us, it's page 1211. You don't have to turn it up, we're only going to be there for a a few moments. Keep your finger in in Psalm 121, and come with me to Hebrews chapter 12, page 1211 in the Church Bibles. And one verse uh, that, as uh, Anthony was reading, came right in the middle. uh, It's Hebrews 12, verse 22. The writer says, You have come to Mount Zion, here's the bit, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Do you see it there? By faith in Christ, we have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. As we look forward to finally and fully being in the glorious new uh, heavenly city one day, that is our inheritance. But we're not there yet. Heavenly Jerusalem is our destination, but between now and then, there are any number of hazards to trip us up on the journey. And uh, as we turn back to Psalm 121, that is our first point. A hazardous journey, verse 1. Look at Psalm 121, verse 1. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? I first visited Jerusalem when I attended a conference there in 2008. I'd known from the Bible that Jerusalem is built on a hill. Uh, But visiting the place, I I began to see how barren and and rough the terrain is all around Jerusalem. Making a journey on foot up to Jerusalem is full of dangers. On the journey, the hills ahead spelt danger. At night, the, the danger of bandits and wild animals. During the day, the scorching Middle Eastern sun. The dangers were deadly. So imagine a pilgrim hundreds of years before Christ on a journey up to Jerusalem, looking up to the mountains that lie ahead and wondering if they'd survive the journey up to Jerusalem. As they looked up to the mountains ahead, they might well cry, verse 1, where does my help come from? The mountains ahead spelt danger. Who or what is going to help me make it to the end of the journey? Now, you may well feel the same. On our way up to the heavenly Jerusalem, there are all any manner of dangers, many things to stop us keep going in the Christian life. I think of Christians all over the world whose lives are in danger just because they are Christians. Today, as Christians meet this very day in Afghanistan, North Korea, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Eritrea, Nigeria, Pakistan, Iran, India... Christians in these countries risk their lives just to gather as we are, as Christians on a Sunday. I am deeply humbled when I think of Christians around the world who have a very real threat of arrest, imprisonment, even the death penalty, just because they follow Jesus. 
And when I think of these dear brothers and sisters, I wonder if they'll stay, if I were in their situation, if I would stay faithful to Jesus. They face a hazardous journey to the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, thankfully, we're not in that kind of pressure in this country, but there are many things that threaten to derail us from following Jesus Christ to the end. When bad health comes, we might be tempted to ask, why me? Why is this happening to me, Lord? And even when everything's going well, we can easily find ourselves distracted from following Jesus wholeheartedly. Sometimes it's actually when everything's going well, it's even harder to keep going with Jesus. Holidays and real estate and career can seem far more important than following Jesus Christ. At work, you might feel the pressure of compromise. You know, just keep quiet about Jesus. Uh, You might be tempted to get involved in some slightly unethical practices. Well, nobody really need know. We may feel that strong desire to sort of blend in with our colleagues so that we we won't jeopardise a potential promotion. Certainly don't start standing up for Jesus. Uh, And then, of course, there's all the other temptations that come. The sexual temptations that often derail Christians. There are any number of things that could stop us on our journey up to the heavenly Jerusalem. So as we lift our eyes to what's ahead, all the hazards ahead, we can cry out with the psalmist, verse verse 1, who's going to help me navigate all this? Where does my help come from? That's the big question in in verse 1. And then it's gloriously answered in verse 2 and in, the, in, in all the verses that follow. That takes us to our second point. Our first point, a hazardous journey. Our second point, a certain help, verses 2 to 8. Where does my help come from, verse 2? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What an enormous encouragement. Who's going to help me to keep going in the Christian life? The one who made heaven and earth. The creator of everything. Everything. Just think about it. There are um, apparently 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Our sun is 150 trillion miles from the centre of the galaxy. Our galaxy is just one of a cluster of 30 galaxies. Altogether, it is estimated that over 100 billion galaxies, and each galaxy has over 100 billion stars. And our God has set it all in place. It is mind-blowing, isn't it? And it's not just uh, mind-blowing when you think about the, the huge aspects of creation. Think about the small things. He also created the molecules, the neutrons, the protons that make up planet Earth. He made the 75,000 miles of blood vessels in your body that carry around over 60 trillion cells. As the Booper advert used to say, you're amazing. And it's not just you and me that are amazing. Think about the humble caterpillar. Did you know that a caterpillar has 228 separate and distinct muscles in its head? That's a lot of muscles for a bug. And think about the trees. The average elm tree has approximately 6 million leaves on it. One tree, 6 million leaves. No wonder it takes so long to rake up the leaves in the autumn. Now the point of all this is this, verse 2. It is the maker of heaven and earth... The one who made all this stuff, he is the one who will help me on my journey to the heavenly Jerusalem. The one who made everything is able to help me through everything. The God who is powerful enough to make everything is powerful enough to help me through anything. And he's not just the maker of all things. Notice there in verse 2, 
This promise comes from the Lord. Lord in capital letters. That is the name Yahweh. Yahweh, the covenant-making and promise-keeping God. The God who is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love and faithful and the God who forgives. When I look ahead and wonder if I'll keep going in the Christian life and make it to the heavenly Jerusalem, the answer comes back, the Lord, the wonderful, kind and loving God who has promised to keep us and who always keeps his promises, the Lord God who made all things will help you and keep you going to the end. That is wonderfully reassuring and comforting, isn't it? See, if it's just down to me, I wouldn't keep going in the Christian life. The struggles of life would wear me down. The dangers in life would swallow me up. The distractions of life would throw me off. But it's not down to me. Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And he helps me every step of the way. Verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. See, for the psalmist, on the way up to the earthly Jerusalem, the terrain was rocky and it was very easy to lose your footing. Again, that is how it feels in the Christian life. It's rarely a smooth road and we can easily slip up. Life is tough. Uh, Look, life is tough for everyone, Christian or not. Uh, In this economic crisis, people are worried about simply making ends meet, putting the gas and electricity bills together, putting food on the table. With inflation set to rise, whether you're a Christian or not, life is tough. And some of you will be sitting here thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. And then there's health worries. I had a cup of tea with a long-standing friend just last week. He and his wife were in London because his wife is receiving a course of radiotherapy following surgery to remove a cancerous growth. Her husband, my friend, he's just had his thyroid removed because it was cancerous. So here they are, not much older than me, Uh, just retired, and they're both having to deal with the big C. Serious health problems can suddenly turn our world upside down, whether we're Christian or not. Life is tough. And even if we're sailing through life now, as we get older, you can be sure it's only going to get more tricky one way or another. But all that said, that is true for everybody who walks planet Earth. But it seems to be that much harder if you're trying to live God's way. See, that's the setting here. The only reason the psalmist was in danger of his foot slipping was because he was on his way up to Jerusalem. Had he not been on his pilgrimage, had he stayed at home with his feet up in front of the telly eating a bacon sandwich, well, well, probably not a bacon sandwich, but anyway, you know what I mean. Had Had he not set out on the journey, he wouldn't have to face the dangers of pilgrimage. There would be no chance of his foot slipping. Yeah, living the Christian life, standing for Christ, can increasingly make life harder. It puts us out of sync with the rest of society. Just think about the stuff that happens on our television sets. The nudity, the crude language, the immorality. If you weren't a Christian, you wouldn't worry about it. Every day in our living room, we are exposed to a way of life that is at odds with living for Jesus Christ. Just think about the adverts we watch. They powerfully subvert our soul. Now please understand how 
powerful advertising is. I used to be in the advertising industry, so I know all... Well, I don't know all about it, but I've thought a bit about it. During the final of The X Factor, a 30-second ad cost £200,000. One 30-second ad. That doesn't include all the costs of making the advert, of commissioning an advertising agency, shooting the ad, paying the actors and celebrities that appear in the ad. £200,000 is simply the price of showing the ad just for 30 seconds. The sums of money involved in the advertising uh, world are eye-watering. Brands such as Sky, BMW, Coca-Cola were willing to spend £6 million in the X Factor ad breaks because advertising pays. As people watch cool people driving a BMW, we want to drive one as well. We see the packages that Sky offer. We start to believe a Sky box is going to fill our empty lives. We see happy, beautiful people drinking Coca-Cola. We want a, a can of fizzy pop, hoping it will make us happy and beautiful. It's too late for me to be beautiful, but, you know, hey. Of course, sitting here in the cold light of day, you and I know that the world offers so much, but it doesn't deliver. You know that. But as we sit in front of our television sets with our guard down, we are not immune from being pulled towards any number of things that we think are going to make life better. That's why people spend so much on advertising, because they, they hook us in. We start to believe what they're saying. Now, look, the point is this. It's hard to follow Jesus Christ when every day, all around us, even in our living rooms, people are telling us other things are more important, more attractive than following Jesus. So here we are on this heavenly Jerusalem, and there are temptations all around us that can easily make our foot slip. But Psalm 121 assures us, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It is a great thought, isn't it? God never has an afternoon nap. He never has that sleepy Sunday afternoon feeling. I hope you're not having it at the moment. Maybe you are. He never nods off when he should be keeping an eye on you. That's the important thing. The Lord is always wide awake, fully alert, and watching over you. And he's watching over you in order to protect you. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. See, during the day, the sun would scorch the pilgrim on his journey up to Jerusalem. Remember, this journey happened in the Middle East. Just think back to uh, our summer heat wave and the day the temperature reached 40 degrees Celsius. How we longed for air conditioning offices and cool homes. Now just imagine climbing all day in 40 degree heat. Climbing up to Jerusalem with the sun beating down relentlessly on you day after day to get to Jerusalem. The heat of the sun in the Middle East was a very real danger. But then at night, when the sun finally went down, the moon came out and the temperatures cooled, when there was finally relief from the heat, there were new dangers in the hills. Wild beasts on the prowl. Thieves able to creep around under the cover of darkness. The journey up to Jerusalem was dangerous, but the Lord promised protection. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. I love that in verse 5. The Lord watches over you. He is your shade. 
I mentioned earlier, we have twin girls, Susanna and Bethan. They're now 22, but um, I was thinking back when I was thinking about this psalm of when they were when they were just little ones, when they were babes in arms. We had this kind of long buggy. It was kind of a stretch limo for babies. And when we took them for a walk in the park, one of the girls would lay at one end of the buggy, the other at the other end. Uh, But we only had one place to fix a parasol on the buggy. So as we took them for a walk in the sun, when the sun was shining, no matter how we arranged the parasol, the sun would beat down on one of them. And so as I pushed the buggy along, I'd position myself to, to sort of make my shadow fall upon the one that wasn't protected by the parasol. That's verse 5. The Lord is your shade. It's wonderfully personal. It's not just the Lord puts up an umbrella to protect you. He is your shade. He personally shades you. He puts himself in the way of the beating sun so that the sun won't scorch you. It surely all makes us think of the Lord Jesus. As he died on the cross, he was shading us, taking all the blazing heat of the punishment for our sin. His death protecting us from all our sin and the scorching accusations of the evil one. His death protecting us from all the times that our feet have slipped. And then after his death, there was his glorious resurrection, defeating death so that in him, even death can't keep me from reaching the glorious heavenly Jerusalem. Indeed, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, our death is now the gateway to our final destination. If I may, isn't that wonderful for Ravi to know today? He thinks of his dear mum. It's awful uh, that he's gone through this today. We so feel for you, dear brother. But death for her is now the gateway to the wonderful heavenly Jerusalem. And then after death... Uh, Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, he poured out his Holy Spirit so that we have his ever-present help, strengthening us and empowering us to keep living for him. See, here's the Lord's protection. Jesus Christ, the fruit of his death, resurrection and ascension, means that even if we stumble as we go through the heat of life, he shades us and stops us from being scorched. We will get there. This psalm is magnificent assurance for those who are God's people. Verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. All harm. It's not a promise that there'll be no difficulties. Of course not. It's a promise. It's not a promise that there'll be no significant struggles. Of course not. But it is a promise that will be kept from all the harm that could stop us from reaching our final destination. Whether you face struggles that are peculiar to the Christian or just the normal struggles of life, the Lord will watch over you. He'll keep you for heaven. In that sense, he will keep you from all harm. You'll get there. So stick with him and you will make it to the heavenly Jerusalem because he will get you there. This psalm is a psalm of wonderful assurance. But finally, as we close, we mustn't use these promises as an excuse to kind of just sit back and do nothing. We mustn't think, oh, the Lord will get me there so I can just coast along. Now remember, these were promises for the believer who was heading towards Jerusalem. If the psalmist was to turn back around and go back down the hill 
What if he were just to stop walking and sit down on the ground? He would never get to Jerusalem. We need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. We need to keep reading our Bible every day and saying our prayers. We need to keep um, living a consistent, faithful Christian life. We need to keep making a priority of meeting with God's people on Sunday, going to the prayer meeting, meeting in small groups. But as we do that, as we keep putting one foot in front of the other, he will keep us. So if you're going through a really hard time right now, and if you're, if you're just wondering if you're going to be able to keep going, or if you look to the future and you fear what's ahead, if you fear that the worst might happen, and you wonder if you're going to have the strength to keep going, if with the psalmist you look ahead and you say, verse 1, where does my help come from? Then please hear this, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Christian, you will make it to the final destination, the glorious new Jerusalem. And next week, we'll think about just how wonderful that will be. Let me pray for us. We lift our eyes to, well, not the physical mountains, but to all the dangers that lie ahead And with the psalmist, Lord, we say, where does our help come from? We thank you for this resounding answer. Our help comes from you, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Would you encourage us with this, this this day? Encourage especially the dear brothers and sisters here who are struggling. And give them the encouragement that you you will help them get through tomorrow and the day after and all the days that lie ahead until finally with you we're with you in the glorious new creation we thank you in jesus name amen